them five-star tellies and two mic rhymes Be them average MCs of the times Unlike them, we grab gems So systematically inclined to pen Hey, what's up, everyone? Good afternoon. Welcome to another podcast of The Daily Mind on this uh, nice, beautiful Thursday. You know, rained a little bit over here, I think. But it cleared up nicely, getting a little brisky out there. Not too bad. Um, how's everyone's day going? I hope that, you know, of course, it's going great for you. And, you know, everything that you're trying to get done, uh, you actually get done. You're breathing at the end of the day. You had a great day. That's how I see it. Um, having a more positive outlook. <laughs> at least I'm trying. I'm trying to. Um, hopefully everybody's having a good day. Um, today was pretty chill for me. Still going, though. Um, I just been, you know, running around doing some errands. Uh, last night, I went to play bingo. I remember last night or yesterday's uh, episode, I mentioned something about going out to play bingo for the first time. I've never done this before, obviously. I went, and it was exactly what I expected out of a bingo place. Um, it's in some American uh, Legion uh, facility where you have, like, you know, veterans of foreign wars type place. A lot of seniors, you go in there. But there was also people that were, like, around my age bracket who were there playing as well, which made it pretty awesome. I didn't think... Um, like younger people go to these places and play bingo. I've learned something that day. So I went, uh, me and my wife and her workers from her job showed up to play as well. It was actually pretty fun. I was confused as fuck at first. So you walk in there and you buy a bag of bingo cards. Okay. Somewhere like $20 range. Okay. Remember it's gambling, but I didn't look at it as gambling until I lost and then went shit. So I bought the bag of the bingo stamps. I mean, the uh, I had the stamps, but the bingo cards. And the way they do this is not just your regular B-I-N-G-O type variation. They have different ways of playing bingo. In other ways, I didn't even think was possible. Because growing up, I always thought it was B-I-N-G-O, whether it be diagonal, whatever. But no, they, they had other different variations. The last game was for a $500 cash prize. Two people won that game and split the prize two fifty dollars apiece. That last game had me tense. I didn't realize how tense that shit is. And you could tell probably, like, if you were looking from another side, looking at me, you could tell it was my first time because I was just sitting there. My eyes were moving, pacing. I was like, geez, I'm, like, bouncing all over these cards. And other people who've been there long enough, they just kind of just doing their little boop, boop, boop. They, 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 they done this so many times. So you could tell I was a newbie. Nonetheless, though, I did enjoy myself. It was a really, really fun time, and I definitely will do it again. I, I, I kid you not. I had, a lot, I had a lot of fun. Again, I'm getting into this phase in my life where I'm trying new things, being a little bit more sure of myself and stuff like that. Again, I had a revelation this past um, you know, vacation I had, and I learned quite a bit about myself that I already sort of knew, but now I'm taking action on it, so it's never too late. Anyway, so today I ran my errands and um, basically, you know, getting things done. You know, it's my day off. I'm trying to take it a little easy, too. Again, I wasn't even going to do a podcast. I really wasn't. But what motivated me to do an episode today was the fact that the show hit another milestone. As of today, the Daily Mind podcast has just hit 2,000 plays. 2,000 plays. I couldn't believe it. I, and I never thought it would even make it this far. Okay, now... 2,000 plays may not seem like a lot, especially when you look at these bigger shows like Joe Rogan and all these other uh, podcasters. But for somebody who's small, who is really a nobody in a sense, like nobody really heard of me except the people that know me, that's a pretty big deal. And we just, you know, I just hit the show's one-year anniversary about a few weeks ago. And, you know, I just finally hit 2,000 plays. It's, it's amazing that people are taking the time to listen to me speak for at least a half hour a day. Like I said, the show will go on even if only one person listened to the show that one day. I would still do it. Although there was a season, though, that the show did or was going to take a hiatus because nobody was listening to that season. And I still regard it as one of my, uh, the worst seasons I've had with season six. I had little to no plays. In fact, I have about two episodes or three that has never been played, ever. I don't know why, but it's just never been played. Um, but nonetheless, I, I, it's just, it's a milestone for me, and I love it. I couldn't have done it without you guys who take the time 
to listen to this podcast. And I really, truly do appreciate it. I'm putting a lot into it. Um, I've done my research. I've gotten better equipment and stuff. I got a sound mixer, so that helps a bit. And um, just trying to take it somewhere. Where it goes, who knows? There's a lot of podcasts out there. And there's some of these shows that out there are really, really great shows. Okay, so I know I'm working with a lot, but what I love about podcasting is the fact that I can have a, a, a platform to speak on from my perspective. It could be subjects I spoke about, no, that other people spoke about a million times over, but I'm giving it from my somewhat unique perspective. And I do appreciate that. Once again, a round of applause to you guys. All right. <clears throat> One thing I did today, too, while I was out and about, I treated myself to lunch. Now, no, this wasn't like, mcdonald's or burger king or wendy's no 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 I, I treated myself to a nice little casual spot that's over here in oak grove uh g's pancake house now, that might not seem like much either right but the point the bottom line is is that i sat i took myself myself didn't even have to be with anybody else to to sit and eat now a few episodes ago i've made a few uh instances a few examples of when I went to Texas Roadhouse by myself for the first time and Chili's by myself for the first time and how awkward those experiences were. You see, me and my wife were sort of joined to the hip. We go everywhere together, and that's cool. But what I forgot over time and being married is that I forgot how to just be me by myself and have some sort of solitude. Again, ladies, gentlemen. There's nothing wrong with doing things on your own, even despite the fact that you're with someone, because you have to also take into account that you're not always going to be around the person that you love. Sometimes it is great to take a step back and do something for yourself. You know that term self-care? Emphasis on the word self. Self-care. Because I tell you what, I spend a lot of my time caring and worrying about others, but I forgot the most important part, person to care about myself but now i'm getting into that i'm getting i'm feeling more comfortable going out in social places by myself and being myself in my own space with not little or much to care and that's great i don't you know the anxiety and all that pfft, whatever now again yeah you're gonna get awkward stares like the waitresses and stuff were just looking at me awkward because i'm by myself and i'm past that that's fine because in their mind they're like okay well you know he might he's a handsome guy He's sitting there. Why is he having lunch by himself? Or he's just by himself. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what, what goes on in their head, but you could kind of, I could kind of sense that. Like, you know, he's here by himself. That's awkward. Again, when you go out casual places, seeing somebody by themselves will leave you scratching their head, scratching your head, but that's their business and that's their prerogative. Anyway, I had a good meal and I was like, yo, fuck that. I'm not going to no uh, fast food establishments. The past week when I was gone, I've been to, oh shit, driving up there, being up there and driving back, I've had damn near nothing but fast food. And I sat there and I'm like, when you look at the prices of these fast food establishments, you might as well just be going to eat somewhere casual or you might as well just stay home and cook. I swear to God, when you look at McDonald's menu, they got shit. I think the most, most expensive thing I seen was damn near $11. And again, the prices will vary depending on where you live at and there are a lot of factors that go into pricing of products depending on where you live at. I'll get to that at some point in the show. But when you look at these prices, you're like, God damn, you might as well just go to like Applebee's or even IHOP or Denny's or somewhere if you're going to be paying that price for something of a little better quality. So I was like, you know, I'm tired of fast food. I'm tired of spending all this money on fast food. I might as well go somewhere that is a better quality burger or whatever and just eat there. But there's one thing I've been paying attention to, and I think we've all been paying attention to it, is prices of foods, goods, and commodities. Way out of control. When you're young, inflation don't mean shit to you. You ain't buying the shit. When it's coming out of your pocket, you start to pay attention. And within the past year or so after the pandemic, it's gone up exponentially. And there's a lot of factors that go into why the prices are going up. But also, I'm thinking somebody's getting a little too greedy up there in the corporate. Somebody, the bean counters are not counting right because there's no reason, no like reason for these prices to go up so damn quickly. And, and, and you know, you'll go to a store one day, a box of cereal is $4 and then like fucking next month is like $4.25. And you're like, whoa, 
And you know, now if you if you know how to play your, your cards right, you go drive around and you start looking at other places, other stores where you could get a cheaper price for things. But fast food should not be as high as it should be. Fast food used to be cheap, fast, and in a hurry. Now it's like fast food is starting to it's starting to feel like you're eating at a casual establishment. Where I'm at right now, that if you go to McDonald's. The cheapest extra value meal is the two cheeseburger meal, okay? This, it comes with two cheeseburgers, fries, and a drink. Where I'm at is like $7 and change. I remember when this meal specifically used to be like $3.99, $4 and change. It is now $7. In some places, it's probably like 8 And if you're in the city, you're probably paying like 9 fucking bucks. And you're sitting here like, I'm paying this much for these little-ass cheeseburgers and these fries and the drink. And it's crazy. You know, I've done episode, I did an episode on inflation and I did one on shrinkflation. The shrinkflation one, I believe, was in the last season. And I, I, I just, you know, you're paying more money for fast food and the food ain't getting any bigger. Have you guys noticed this? And, and, and the same thing holds true to the foods you eat at the supermarket or whatever. The cereal boxes are getting smaller. Don't be fooled. When you go buy Tide Pods and shit, they're saying it comes with, it, you're actually getting less. It, you you got to really pay attention. A lot of us don't really pay attention or money is not a, you know, price and money is not an option. You don't really care. You got to buy it. Okay. And that's what the companies want you to do. They're like, well, we can raise the prices. They could complain about it, but they're going to need it. And they're absolutely right. However, though, I'm not going to get too much into that. I'm going to talk about fast food prices. Okay. Because I tell you what, they're out of fucking control. And... <laughs> they're not going to go back down. They're not going to go back down. So I'm going to get into fast food prices. Where we at right now, the ex most expensive places to go to and the um, the cheapest places, I guess. I found the list and, um, you know, <laughs> the prices are out of control. But, you know, when my man Webster did this commercial back in the day. Well, I like a flame royal. Now, when Webster did that commercial, that was in the fucking 80s. Do you know how much a Whopper was probably in the 80s? Probably like two bucks. And they were much bigger. Now you look at a Whopper, it's the saddest looking thing you could possibly put in your mouth. Pause. However, though, the food's getting smaller. The prices are getting bigger. So what the hell is going on, right? Inflation, shrinkflation, any Asian is what's going on right now as we speak. So, you know, me digging in as I dig in and I do my research, I found a website called mash.com, right? I'm pretty sure some of you may have heard of this website. <clears throat> and they published an article April 28th of this year was posted by uh, Christy Renee, the six most expensive and food... Um, the six most expensive and six least expensive fast food chains. Now, I read somewhere that, oh, shit, it's raining outside. I read somewhere that Wendy's, Wendy's is the most expensive fast food chain. As we speak, Wendy's is the most expensive fast food chain. And I like Wendy's. And, and again, I like Wendy's because they're nuggets. They're burgers, eh, whatever. They're all right. But I like Wendy's for the um, for their nuggets. Now, the Wendy's that I'm at right now, um, that where that's located next to me, is a bit pricey. It's almost on par with, like, McDonald's, I, I guess you could say. Um, but other people argue that Wendy's is the most expensive. But I think, like, as far as fast food restaurants, they're all about the same. The only one probably is cheaper is White Castle, but White Castle is even getting expensive. And those little burgers haven't really changed size at all. I don't, not that I've seen. They've been the same size forever. But the prices are going up. You understand what I'm saying? But yeah, that's 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 here or there, man. But there's not a lot of white castles. There's a lot more McDonald's than there are white castles. All right. So she starts off the article. She says fast food has historically been known for providing dinners with quick. Um, I'm sorry, diners with quick eats at affordable prices. Uh, however, these days, inflation is hitting every business, including tried and true budget friendly fast food chains. This makes finding a meal on a cheap harder and harder. On top of that, although fast food menus used to be mostly limited to burgers and fries, the demand in the market has expanded to include cuisines of all types, 
healthier options, higher quality ingredients, and better customer service. So what they what she said in short is that you get what you pay for, right? If you notice McDonald's establishments have changed their whole look of their buildings. Remember the old school happy campy McDonald's designs? Now they look like somewhere where depressed adults eat at 3 a.m. after a binger. So, you know, with all these updates and shit like that, you know, now they're just like, well, we got to justify the price somehow. And McDonald's claimed recently they, they changed the recipe and how they make their food. That comes with cost too. Not to mention labor cost, um, commodity cost, you know, the, right, the prices of beef, the price of potatoes, whatever raw ingredients they need to make the food has all gone up. And that's something that we don't really always take into account. Um, it says, all of this ultimately affects the... Let me see, make sure I didn't skip that. Um, no, I didn't, sorry. All of this ultimately affects the bottom line of the fast food industry. As a result, the menu prices that customers have to keep in mind, and while the choices are endless when looking for a casual lunch or dinner, one aspect that can help consumers decide which restaurant is right for them is the pricing. Whether you're simply try, uh, tired of ever-increasing costs for drive through fare or buckling down on your family's budget for eating out, we're here to help. Read on for a list of the most expensive and least expensive fast food restaurants to help you make an informed decision when grabbing meals on the go. I will say this, though. When you get those coupons in the mail and shit, take advantage of the coupons. There ain't nothing wrong with coupon clipping. People used to do it for forever and a day, and those shits add up. Or when you um, sign up for rewards, um, you know, when like each of these restaurants have their little rewards uh, app, take advantage of that shit, too, because they do offer some really good deals. Um, it says here, Wendy's was named the most expensive, even they said it, that Wendy's was named the most expensive fast food chain in 2002. It says, known for their square-shaped burger patties, Wendy's has historically topped the list of pricey fast food. In 1971, the average burger would cost diners around 30 cents. 30 cents. However, Wendy's was charging nearly twice that at 55 cents. In fact, from the 1970s to 2010s, Wendy's burgers have consistently cost more than the biggest competitors, McDonald's and Burger King. Perhaps their commitment to offer fresh, never frozen beef is the reason behind the historically high price tag. But regardless, Wendy's customers have to decide whether the extra pennies are worth it. Now, it also says, has anything changed in recent years? As it turns out, Wendy's expensive reputation still holds true today. Wendy's topped the list of fast food chains that would break the bank in 2022. With the, um, with the restaurant's Baconator burger combo costing more than $12 and a chicken nugget lunch setting you back for more than 11 food fans might think twice before swinging through the local Wendy's. Again, I said it before, there are factors and gimmicks to why these restaurants are the way they are. Wendy's are for fresh, never frozen, which means that there's, if, if, if this is true, because I've never been inside a Wendy's kitchen, the fact that they take fresh ground beef and make it into that patty instead of just getting it frozen straight out of a fucking freezer out of a pack would probably be slightly more labor intensive. I don't know. I have to give them the benefit of the doubt. I've never worked in fast food, let alone especially a Wendy's. So I don't really know. But if it is true that that ties into um, commodity, labor, whatever, right? But I noticed too, Wendy's do have a slight... Even some Burger Kings I found starting to creep into the 12s. To the 12s for a, a, a Whopper meal. That's crazy to me. I mean, one thing about fast food, though, you have to take into account is that it's something that you don't always eat. It's just something convenient and on the go. You're paying for the convenience of the food, okay, and how fast the food is cooked. And we don't think about that when we go. It says, now the next one, she says, McDonald's is a fast food icon that also happens to be a budget-friendly option. Absolutely true. McDonald's do offer a lot more deals and gimmicks. Now, we don't have the Monopoly game no more, whatever, but they are a cheaper option than Wendy's. And I've been to, like, many McDonald's and Wendy's, and there is a difference in their pricing. And, and of course, McDonald's offer incentives. And, again, you know, you have to um, sign up for those reward apps. They do help. Now, it says here, the king of fast food has always been known for being as affordable as its food is quick and reliable. However, the burger chain recently made headlines for increasing the price of their classic Big Mac, which is not even fucking big anymore. It should just be called Mac. The price varies from state to state, with the Thousand Island dressing top sandwich costing a staggering $5.11 in California. That's just for the sandwich alone. That's not fries, no drink, the sandwich, okay? It says, and more affordable $3.99 in South Dakota. 
on average, but 20 years ago, the popular burger would only run customers as little as $2. $2 for a Big Mac. And mind you, that Big Mac was really a Big Mac. Now the shit just looks sad. It's small. It's almost like the size of a quarter pounder or a double quarter pounder. It says, despite the news, the restaurant has stayed true to the affordable roots by offering the dollar, $2, and $3 menu, giving diners a chance to still snag some delicious eats for less. This budget-friendly menu features a host of tasty delights like a breakfast sausage biscuit, the classic McDouble cheeseburger, and a small order of fries. Um, this flexible menu allows customers to create their own affordable and filling combo meals without paying the premium prices. But it's still bullshit. Now, remember, the dollar menu came with everything. You had um, shit. You had double cheeseburger. You had a McChicken. You had nuggets. You had pies. It came with everything. You could feed your whole family for like 20 bucks. Nowadays, 20 bucks can only just feed you. So that one, two, three menu is bullshit. And then they have this other little gimmick where you could, uh, for like $3.99, depending on where you are, you could pair like a double cheeseburger with fries with no drink. And then you can pair a McChicken with fries and no, however you do it, the drink is excluded. So either way, you factor in a drink, you're still saving some money, but I'm like, just bring the goddamn dollar menu back. But they'd say it's impossible given the prices of labor, commodity. They, they say it's almost impossible. I tell you what, if they bought the dollar menu back for one day, just a one day gimmick, I promise you that shit would be spilling over like crazy. And then maybe they... Maybe they should just offer the dollar menu as like one of those um, LTOs, those limited time offers. It wouldn't hurt to try. I'm pretty sure you could get a lot of business, but they'd rather bring back that nasty ass McRib sandwich. But, you know, and which I don't know what the fucking big deal is about it, but they don't want to bring back the dollar menu, at least for even like unlimited time. I don't understand it. Hopefully you guys in Chicago, McDonald's over at corporate is listening to this show. You know, I might have a few ideas for you. All right, so this next one, Chick-fil-A, the most overrated establishment I could think of. Chick-fil-A is not my go-to. The lines are always fucking crowded. I don't know why. The chicken just bland. I had it recently. It's not good. Their waffle fries is something else. But the, the food itself is just, as the kids call it, mid. Anyway, it says, although Chick-fil-A is widely beloved for its speedy drive through experience, the chain isn't known for being the most cost-effective option for diners. Staying affordable has been difficult for Chick-fil-A, especially with the increase in the price of chicken, uh, the main ingredient of pretty much every entree on the chain's menu. Combo menus at Chick-fil-A can cost as high as $15 fucking dollars. $15 for a cool wrap with a side and a drink and more than $12 for a spicy chicken sandwich deluxe meal, depending on the location. Ain't no way. Money! Here we go. Because that's what it's really all about. It's really just about the money. And like, again, factor in all those other things too. It says, however, chicken doesn't seem to be the only high price item on Chick-fil-A's menu. In an effort to attract more vegetarian customers, the chain recently released its controversial cauliflower sandwich. Uh, select locations in Colorado, South Carolina, and North Carolina. The plant-based dish is available for the jaw-dropping price of nearly $7 all on its own. Now... You trying to sell anything vegetarian in the South? You, you, you might as well fuck that. When I remember when Cracker Barrel tried to come out with a vegetarian option, man, those rootin' tootin' guys got all hoppity and mad because they didn't like vegetarian stuff. They got pissed out there, and they were like, oh, man, Chick-fil-A, I mean, not Chick-fil-A, uh, Cracker Barrel's woke because they're selling vegetarian. Know your audience. No one at Cracker Barrel goes there to eat vegetables. And the only vegetable probably there they eat is corn. That's it. But nobody eating no damn cauliflower at Cracker Barrel. No fucking way. And what makes you think they're going to eat this shit at Chick-fil-A? No vegetarian goes to Chick-fil-A to eat. Because there's still a chance that there's a cross-contamination of somewhat. That you're still getting somewhat of like chicken in your food. A vegetarian would go somewhere where vegetarian, like all they cook, all they make is vegetarian options. Come on now. All right, Taco Bell. <clears throat> now, Taco Bell, it says here, that Taco Bell has always had a reputation for having cheaper fare. Now, I'm not big on Taco Bell, and again, it's not a go-to, but yes, they are pretty cheap, and they have also cool, like, cool incentives and shit like that, like McDonald's does. Um, it says here, 
when when a Taco Bell receipt from 1999 went viral, fans of the chain were shocked at the fact that the cost of a taco and a side nachos were once only 69 cents each. Although it may seem like Taco Bell prices have grown astronomically in the in the past uh, last couple of decades, the restaurant still catered to those looking for a great deal, which is very much true. It says, in keeping with its identity as the go-to fast food joint for those looking for a lot of food at a low price, uh, Taco Bell continues to release affordable and filling menu items. Recently, the chain announced the addition of $2 double stack tacos and the return of the generously sized double stack grilled cheese burrito for $3.49. These items will play well with the chain's cravings menu, a value-focused selection of affordable munchies like the dollar cheesy roll-up and the $5 classic combo, that includes a large fountain drink and a beefy five-layer burrito. Your choice of taco and either Taco Bell signature cinnamon twist or a side of chips and cheese sauce. So they're doing it right. But, you know, it's only a matter of time. I feel that um, they're, they're going to also get expensive too. But again, they're holding on. They're doing something right that McDonald's, Burger King, Wendy's, and Chick-fil-A is just not doing. They're losing touch with people with the low-class the middle class they're losing touch mcdonald's i get it they're well they're world renowned they have this history but they're tooting their horn a little bit too much wendy's yeah same deal same deal and wendy's you can find in like asia i believe too they're, they're they expand more than um like chick-fil-a i don't even know if you could find a chick-fil-a overseas but i know for certain you could find a wendy's a burger king and the mcdonald's overseas anyway this next one here uh chipotle Chipotle is the most overrated. I'm sorry if some of you listen to this show and like Chipotle, aka Chipotle, is the most overrated Mexican, air quotes I'm doing here, establishment out there. If I had to choose between uh, Chipotle and Cadoba, I go to Cadoba. Ch Chipotle? Nah, absolutely not. It says Mexican Mexican style fast casual chain Chipotle um, is well loved for its burritos, bowls, and app exclusive quesadillas the franchise chain touts its ingredients focused menu which it says is created from a 53 all natural ingredients quote the kind you can recognize or pronounce according to chip uh, chipotle the list includes fresh chicken beef beans spices veggies and made in house salsas it says however the fresh and high quality ingredients the chain is known for come at a price one that some customers are tired of paying a TikTok user recently went viral for her video asking Chipotle why her burrito bowl costs $19.82. Fuck no. She said, quote, yes, I got guac. Before I continue, if I ever hear anyone say guac, I'm just going to slap the shit out of them. I hate that word guac. I get it. It's short for guacamole, but no. Say, don't say guac, okay? And she said, yes, I got guac. But that shouldn't make it $19.82. That is so much money for one bowl, the customer said. Although the pricing does seem a bit out of hand, it's not far off considering the chain's burrito bowls begin at $10.89 on average. That's not including extras like chips, which are about $1.80, guacamole for an average of $2.71, and a side of queso that costs around $2.23 on average. Although these prices will vary by location, diners should still consider the price of extras and sides not to mention customizations this is why too and i don't know why people oust themselves doing this shit so over time people have been coming up with chipotle hacks the way they order their food to make a, a a meal without having to pay for a whole meal and then they find out now yeah i get it it does put stress on the employees there but this is how expensive food is to where people are coming up with ways to kind of swing around that you know, not having to pay $19.82 for a fucking bowl of food. Okay, and, Ch and Chipotle, I don't even know if you could classify them as fast food. Well, Chipotle, I guess, would be like a way premium version of Taco Bell, if that makes any sense. But no, fuck no. If I had to choose between Chipotle and Taco Bell, I'm going to fucking Taco Bell. And if I had to choose again between Chipotle and Cadoba, I'm going to Cadoba. Cadoba's better anyway. Chipotle is just so... Uh, I, I don't even want to... I don't know what to say. It sucks, okay? Uh, now, Burger King. She harps on Burger King. She said, Burger King offers great food at whopping good prices. Well, shit. I've seen one of their menu prices reach almost... Um, no, not almost. 
the shit reached $12. Okay, $12. Now it says Burger King holds its own with a menu that is consistently, or I'm sorry, constantly changing and evolving without breaking the bank. Most recently, the chain brought back the fan favorite lineup of Whopper Melts, a unique take, which I don't even know. If, I haven't seen those in a while, to be honest with you. A unique take on Burger King's signature burger featuring toasty bread instead of a bun and surprising topics like jalapenos, caramelized onions, and a special sauce. Best of all, the Whopper Melt Meal, complete with fries and a drink, can be snacked for only $10.44 on average. I'm, okay, I remember the Whopper Melt. It was actually kind of good. I don't even know if it's on the menu anymore. And this article was written this past April. And the last time I've had or seen a Whopper Melt was sometime last year. Who knows? Maybe it's still around. It says the chain also really, uh, recently bought back its BK Stacker Burger, a protein-packed sandwich featuring multiple patties, bacon and cheese. Although the price of over $8 for a burger alone may seem like a lot at first, that's the cost of a quadruple stacker. So it's a good value given the amount of meat offered in the sandwich compared to the chain single patty standard cheeseburger, which costs about $6 and is far less filling. Who the fuck is buying a burger from Burger King with four patties on it? That meal alone, you don't even need fries in the drink. That's enough calories in that one burger to constitute as a meal. Now, that'd be crazy if you have this burger as a, as a meal. <laughs> you're packing You should eat nothing else for the rest of the day. Unless you're like in bulk season or something like that. But other than that, that's a lot of, that's a lot of protein. You really can't complain about that. But no, Burger King and McDonald's are about head and head in prices. And again, Get the app, get the app, get the app. Okay, but nonetheless, I think Burger King in some places is slightly edging past McDonald's. Somewhat. Almost touching Wendy's, if you will. All right, this next establishment, Panera Bread. Panera Bread is kind of good. I like their pastries. But what pissed me off about Panera Bread was when they came out with those chicken signature sandwiches. I will never forget, before I get into Panera Bread, I bought a sandwich. I thought the shit came with chips and a drink. No, this fucking sandwich was by itself, okay, $10 by itself. This, this sandwich came in like either grilled or like a fried kind of variation. $10 by itself for the sandwich, no chips, no drink. I was like, hell no. And then to make matters worse, the sandwich wasn't even that good. It, was, it did not taste like it was worth $10 at all. I was like, I would never buy this shit again. I don't even buy food from like Panera Bread. My wife does. If anything, I'll buy like um like the pastries and stuff like that. But uh, the food? <laughs> oh, absolutely not. Uh, she wrote in the article about Panera Bread. She said that Panera Bread is a go-to fast um go-to for fast casual dining. Panera Bread boasts an array of baked goods, sandwiches, soups, salads, and other cafe items. However, despite the public's love for the chain, its rising prices have earned it a not so great title. Of the most expensive fast casual fast food restaurant in the U uh, in the U.S., according to a recent study by Market Watch, comparing the average cost of a popular meal at 12 rest restaurants across 20 cities, Panera topped the chart with an average meal costing nearly $15—a pretty penny for a sandwich and a soup. Yeah, I told you the sandwich alone, that chicken sandwich, was just $10 by itself. There's no way a sandwich like that should, especially not from no Panera bread. Now, if you're talking like Cat's Deli type shit, that's one thing. But we're talking Panera Bread, okay? Imagine you going to Burger King and McDonald's paying, well, it's soon, probably soon to happen, $10, $15, uh, $10 for a, a burger from McDonald's. No. That's what I'm saying. Their prices is damn near at like Applebee's, uh, TGI Fridays, and Longhorn Steakhouse, Texas. It's within that realm. And I'm like, well, pff, you're not, come on, man. You're McDonald's. Ain't no way your, your, your burgers taste like, you know, you, the taste of the burgers don't justify the price. Or the price don't justify the burger at all. It, it really don't. It says, in an effort to flesh out its menu, Panera continues to add new and more exciting items like mac and cheese, flatbread pizzas, and its own answer to the fast food chicken sandwich wars. A breaded chicken sandwich offered in regular and spicy with an array of toppings served on a brioche roll. However, no matter how tasty the food may be, it could be uh, cost prohibitive for some families. Yeah, I mean, shit. Panera does have some nice fresh ingredients, but dude, ain't no way that sandwich should cost $10. By itself, with no drink, no beverage, no chips. <laughs> nope, absolutely not. All right, this next spot 
is shit. It's trash. Jack in the box. We have one here in Clarksville. And I tried it for the first time. Disgust. It was, I dislike. I will never go to another Jack in the box again. Ever. It, it was trash. There's no way their shit should be even close to expensive. It says known for its trademark mascot as well as its variety of menu options. Jack in the box has been a staple for snackers and burger fiends for decades. Despite surging prices across the fast food industry, it has managed to stay relatively affordable. In fact, the MASH team was able to snag a pretty good meal for less than $10 thanks to the chain's popular late-night munchie menu deal. This wallet-friendly offering gives diners the choice between four different entrees, ranging from the ultimate cheeseburger to Jack's spicy chicken sandwich, along with two sides in the drink. Customers can choose an order of the chain's signature tacos, fries, or onion rings as a side, making it a super filling meal for the price. Now, here's my thing. It's probably the cheapest because nobody goes there. Unless you're, like, in California or some shit, which I know, and I'm probably going to anger some, some of my California uh, listeners, that that's, like, a staple for you guys out there, Jack in the Box. Or how some people refer to Jack in the Crack. I've heard that, too. But we have one here, and I, I didn't like it. Maybe, maybe it's just because it's not in California, not that I might make a difference because i know you guys take more pride in it but <laughs> out here in tennessee it shit's trash man it's trash it's making you guys look pretty bad but who knows maybe if i go to california someday i might actually try jack in the box to prove to see if my theory is true that perhaps jack in the box tastes better in california could be the case all right now i'm gonna go into kfc kfc i stopped eating kfc basically a, a long time ago at least not out of my pocket like um, if somebody buy me KFC, sure, but I, it's not my go-to. KFC fell off hard. Um, it said KFC shocked customers with its prices. <clears throat> it says, it's no secret that the price of chicken has drastically increased in recent years, and the effects are impacting home cooks and worldwide chains that rely on chicken as their main ingredient. KFC long love for its affordable buckets of fried chicken seasoned with the Colonel's secret blend of herbs and spices has proved that it's not immune to inflation. However, fans of the chain are shocked at just how high the prices have become. In a viral TikTok in 2002, which garnered over a million views, a KFC customer zoomed in on a drive through menu displaying the unreal cost for a family meal of nearly $60. It says even though the 16-piece meal include four large sides and eight biscuits in addition to fried chicken, the price is jaw-dropping for a fast-food fare. The pricey family meal appeared uh, to be an isolated case, but KFC's current prices are still high, with the average 16-piece meal ranging anywhere from $25 to $45 with, with add-ons. Depending on where you're located, even the big box meal, which is a value combo, by the way, it says it features three pieces of fried chicken, two sides of the biscuit, and a medium drink. It costs more than $10. Unreal, dude. That is unreal. There's no way, no reason. No reason why that shit should cost so much, man. Ain't no way. Now, this next one, Subway. Now, I remember when they had the $5 footlong. That was perhaps the best thing they ever had was the $5 footlong. Then they had it permanently for a while. Then things got a little crazy, a little expensive, I guess. They said they couldn't afford to do it no more. We'll never see it again. But my go-to used to always be the meatball. $5 footlong. You couldn't beat that. That was classic. It says Subway allows diners to eat fresh while saving a buck. It says fast food and eating healthy don't always go hand in hand. And when they do, it doesn't offer often come cheap. However, for decades, Subway has managed to offer healthier options for diners looking for a quick lunch. The chain has succeeded by keeping its ingredients and recipes simple, foregoing the addition of more complicated dishes and sticking to what it knows best. Now, Subway has gotten more expensive. But now they claim that they're offering fresher ingredients, especially, you know, since they've been ousted that about the whole tuna gate thing where the tuna was apparently not real tuna. OK, and stuff like that. And they're offering now fresh cut meat on the spot. But I don't know. It says here, um, skipping over all this other. Sh oh, actually, no, no, no. I'll, I'll skip to the last part. It says for years, the sub chain was famous for its five dollar foot long sandwiches. However, the price has since risen. However, for, for uh, budget-conscious Subway fans, the chain does offer specials, including coupons and app exclusives that can be ordered online. Again, perfect example of what I've been talking about is get the app for these restaurants. It will save you money if you get the apps because unless you got the money to just pay right out, you know, for, for that shit, hey, good luck with that. 
And honestly, I'm from what I'm looking at the time right now in this episode, <clears throat> this might be the very first episode of Hit an Hour. I got 20 minutes, though. I'm not really in the rush. If it ends before an hour, cool. If it don't, hey, it'll be the very first episode of Hit an Hour. Anyway, this restaurant here, this next one, has always been expensive. No matter what. Five Guys. Five Guys has been super expensive. But I, you know, again... The way they do shit is different. They cook in peanut oil, which is more expensive than whatever oil the other restaurants are using. But, dude, Five Guys? Me and my cousin, we went, when I was in Florida, me and my cousin went to Five Guys and ordered food. Dude, I would have had to take out a loan to get that shit. Like, it was almost a mortgage. It was crazy how much <laughs> that place is. So it says Five Guys. It says, it seems the days of the cheap burger are long gone. And with newer and trendier chains constantly emerging, Burger fans are finding it increasingly difficult to find an affordable yet delicious and well-made meal. Five Guys is known for being delectable and fresh, but unfortunately, it's also known for being expensive. It says a recent TikTok, TikTok is exposing y'all, a uh, TikToker went viral when a Five Guys customer posted her recipe for four hamburgers, I mean, I'm sorry, recipe, her receipt, <laughs> correction, uh, for four hamburgers, two fries, and four drinks of varying sizes, totaling more than $70. $70. When did Five Guys become a five-star restaurant, she says. The video reads, Five Guy friends and foes flocked to the comments to report their own experiences at the chain. Some cited that the food's quality warrants the prices, while others claim they stopped eating there due to the high cost. Depending on where your Five Guys is located, the chain's regular hamburger served solo by itself is around $10. A cheeseburger and bacon burgers cost more. A hot dog costs more than seven. And while an order of regular fries is typically over $6. However, some TikTok users were quick to point out that one order of fries could easily feed more than one person. They do give you a shitload of fries. I will say that. But their burgers and shit is not that great to where it costs that much. There's no way. So the director or the uh, director of operations for Five Guys told a post, told the Rakyat Post, that the answer lies in the quality of the ingredients. She's, they, they go on to quote, uh, say, nothing in store is frozen, he said. We've only ever used fresh ingredients. That's the same thing Wendy said. And maybe there's a lot of truth to that because it is a little bit more labor intensive. The, the vendor or whatever is selling them this stuff, being that it's fresh, they don't ever store shit. So you got to think, if it's fresh, that means they go through these things a lot faster. Therefore, having to order more and more and more just to keep the ideology of fresh food, which is probably also the reason why they, um, that the prices are ridiculously high. Okay, again, like when we go to restaurants, we don't go there to like figure out all the economics in the back and shit. We just want to order food, get it and go. But, you know, if you're on a budget conscious, you got to really start thinking about these things. And I like to look at things from both sides, the consumer and the business, to why things are the way they are. Uh, this next spot, Little Caesars. It says, Little Caesars, the pizza place, maintains its status as an affordable standby for pizza lovers despite recent price increases. It says, for decades, Little Caesars offered the best pizza deal around with its hot and ready pies available for pickup at a moment's notice for a mere five bucks. However, in recent years, the pizza chain slowly began raising the prices uh, to $5.55 and then upwards to $6. Whether the move was due to inflation increased operation costs or the rising of ingredients, it's clear the days of the $5 hot and ready cheese or pepperoni pizza are gone. However, even with these recent price hikes, Little Caesars still managed to be more affordable than its competitors. Very much true. But man, I remember the $5 pies, man. You, you could feed a family with $5. That's how cool it was. But if you had to compare them with Domino's and Pizza Hut and maybe some of your local establishments, they are still very much the bargain. $6 is still, I guess, a decent price. $5 is better, but $6 is a decent price for a, a pizza, especially if you're not, you know, feeding a family or shit. If you're feeding yourself, $6 is definitely good. $6 pizza all to yourself is fantastic. Uh, it also says here about Little Caesars, because I noticed this over time, too, um, depending on the location... Pizza fans can grab items like an extra large, extra most bestest pepperoni pizza for around $8. An order of crazy bread with crazy sauce for about $4. And a large pepperoni Detroit style deep dish pizza for about $9. That, this means families can put together an affordable pizza dinner with plenty of food available to feed everyone. 
again, there's ways to circumvent around some of these prices if you order right. Okay. And again, take advantage of the app. Apps, 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 apps. All right. So that's the list of the most expensive and least expensive places. But when you lump them all together, they're all expensive regardless. So, you know, you ask yourself, what goes into running a restaurant? Why are the prices so high? Okay. Or better question. Okay. Especially if you're in New York. I noticed this too when I used to live out there. Is that why the, the prices are higher in Manhattan for McDonald's versus the Bronx, Brooklyn, Queens, and Staten Island? I'm going to give you one. One, real estate. Any establishment in Manhattan, because Manhattan is always fighting for space. That's why we're building up and not across. It's very expensive to the franchisee. All right. Or the, fra the person that's franchising the establishment. The rent is way higher than an establishment out in Queens somewhere where there's a little bit of open space and shit like that. Okay, also, nowadays, you have to take into account that when food was cheap, people were getting paid like $7, $8 minimum wage. Now we have people who work at these establishments getting paid at, at starting average about $15. Okay, so this was a big thing when people were crying about, um, you know, you know, I wouldn't say crying, but demanding wages higher wages because we all you know we have to demand to live which is crazy the whole 15 dollar thing and a lot of people on the opposite side was man you know if they get 15 dollars that means my burger because they were caring about their fucking burger the burger is going to cost me so much money because now i have to pay they have to pay the workers more money there is truth to that now can corporations circumvent around that probably take a cut from the top to not only pay the workers, but also still have food affordable? Yes, they can. Will they do it? Fuck no. Also, you have to take into account another factor. So I went over the real estate, the labor costs, and again, I've mentioned a few times the commodities, the prices of beef, pork, sugar, um, grain, all this stuff. And now they're contributing a lot of this to the war in Ukraine, where there's a very big supply of grain. And grain goes in with, like, rice, Goes in with a lot of bread. So, you know, that affects cost too. Because you guys got to pay attention. We worry so much about what happens in our backyard. But we don't pay too much attention to what's happening around the world. Because what happens around the world affects you here. So, like, if there was a rice shortage somewhere in Asia. And I'm talking about a drought. The rice prices are going to go up here. Or if there was a if there was a severe droughts in the Caribbean and South America. Cacao beans and, and sugar, cane sugars will go up so that's stuff we have to pay attention to and that is funneled into what we eat every single day also another thing that contributes like again i went over the commodities the real estate labor and just there's a whole other list of factors to weather weather plays a, a role too again if a perfect example i know this is a movie in trading places when they were like towards the end of the movie they were betting that the orange prices would drop because of the cold winters, right? And it did. So, for example, if crops, orange crops in Florida are frozen, because Florida's known for oranges, let's say we get a big-ass cold dip in the Florida and it freezes the oranges, guess what? Oranges go up. But yes, you can buy oranges that come from other countries, but even then they will somewhat be affected because now you got Florida's oranges that are going up in prices because of the crops, and then now everybody's going to buy South American oranges the prices are going to go up too. All these things will play into what we eat. And it's crazy to think about that, but that's just economics, man. And again, will the prices get lower? No. I foresee that the prices will either stag, stay, you know, stay at a point, or slightly creep up. And I think what restaurants are going to start doing is offering more deals, more incentives, and pushing people to use the apps so that people can save a little bit money and still eat plentiful. Now... If you really, really want to save some money, here's a tip. Cook at home. That's the best way to save money because you buy the food, you, 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 know, you make enough, that shit will last two, three days. Make a nice big pot of spaghetti and meat, and then that shit will last a few days and still feed your family and shit. Like, again, we forget fast food is convenient. It's you're paying for the convenience because it's being done. You're not cooking it. Somebody else is cooking it for you, and it's coming fast. When you're at home, that's time-intensive labor and having to feed more people. You have to really look at it from both sides of the fence. Now, a lot of people will say fast food is expensive. Probably the same people that eat it damn near every single day. 
if you take, just imagine how much money you spend if you keep ordering. Let's say you go to McDonald's and you order a quarter pound of meal every single day. And let's say that meal is $10 and you order it for five days. Okay, that your five work days, you're spending well over $50. That's not even including taxes and other things um, that, that goes into that. You're spending a lot of money. Oh, also, <clears throat> oh no, I mentioned real estate and region. Throughout the country, and you're probably wondering too, when you drive long trips, like why is the food more expensive in Nebraska, uh, less expensive in Nebraska than it is in, um, let's say, Pennsylvania? Again, depending on where these places are located and how they get their supply. Their supplies might not be too far. They might be somewhere within town. They get the food cheap and quick, the supplies and stuff. That's another thing, too, versus like Pennsylvania or somewhere where, again, that, you know, the real estate taxes and all this other stuff, rent. Basically, it's what I covered. I was just trying to, you know, differentiate it on a bigger scale than just Manhattan and Brooklyn. Anyway, oh, um, the show is done just almost shy of an hour like these shows are getting longer i try to keep it at a half hour but sometimes there's a lot to talk about and i want to avoid sequels to an episode as much as possible but sometimes i'll have to do it and i didn't see a necessity for this being a two-part episode it pretty much covered everything with prime examples of what the topic what the show is about but anyway thanks for listening um to this podcast as usual i was pretty passionate about this one you could tell because it, it pisses me off to see this happening in real time, that food prices are going up the way they're going up. And it's almost as if there's nothing we can do about it, but there's ways we can mitigate it and we can get around it. You just have to be smart and you have to be a little careful with your money. And again, you, if you could afford this shit, that's cool. That is absolutely cool. And I'm not here to wealth shame or anything like that. But there's a lot of people that can't and we got to do what we can to kind of work around it and just... Uh, Make sure we're, we're good because we got to eat, right? By any means necessary, we got to eat. So it ain't like we could be like, oh, well, fuck. These prices are so high, I'm not going to eat anymore, period. I'm going to go on a hunger strike. Okay, you go ahead and die then. And then you let us know how that goes. <laughs> anyway, thanks for listening. Stay tuned for the next episode, whenever that may be. And again, once again, thank you, thank you, thank you for the 2,000 plays. I love it. Thank you. <laughs> Meanwhile, enjoy your Thursday evening. I'm about to go play some video games. Tomorrow, Spider-Man 2 comes out for the PS5. I can't wait. I'll be at GameStop like 9 o'clock in the morning, getting ready to go get my copy, and then just nerding it out all weekend long. All right, so I'm looking forward to that. PS5 players, get ready. All right, so have a great night. We'll do this again next time. And, uh, hey, be conscious with your money. Look out. Just <laughs> pay attention, all right? Pay attention to what's happening outside the United States. The world is changing. Have a great night. Ciao. Up in the five-star telly saying two mic rhymes. Be them average MCs of the times. Unlike them, we grab gems. So systematically inclined. The pen lines without saying nothing.